The video game age had finally landed at my house. Like so many of my friends, I now had my own home video game system. But it didn't play the same game as everyone's Atari. In fact, at first, I had only the three games that were given to me with the machine. But for right now, that was just fine. Ah, the late 70s and early 80s, the boom years of the video game industry, and my game system was the Magnavox Odyssey 2. Sleek, stylish, futuristic, and totally underappreciated. Let's change that. I'll dig through the Odyssey 2 library, introduce you to each game, offer a few of my own expanded memories of playing them back in the day, and we'll see if those games hold up today. I'm Earl Green, and this is... Select Game. <laughs> Welcome back. It's episode two of Select Game. Expanded memories of the Odyssey 2 from the logbook.com. I want to start off, before I start talking about anything else, I want to thank everyone for the amazing response the first episode got. Wow! I really wasn't expecting that. In my previous podcast project was a 365-day-a-year Today in History format, which is a great idea if you're in radio. And I was kind of, I was kind of raised in radio listening to it and then working in it and so it made perfect sense to me hey yeah I'll do a 365 day a year podcast that has to be refreshed every year because history marches on let me tell you that was <laughs> not the brightest idea I ever had radio may need something like that podcasting really doesn't and after a while the escape pod kind of the response to it kind of fell off just a little bit ever so slightly and it certainly didn't generate letters like this. I want to read you this uh, this Facebook post from the logbook.com's Facebook page from John Reeder or Redder. Maybe Reeder. It's R-E-D-E-R. Either way, I want to thank John for this note. It turns out his experiences are a lot, a lot like mine. His note says, Love the Select Game podcast. Our history is very similar. I received mine Christmas 1978 at the age of 13 with the idea that I wouldn't have to spend an any more money at the arcades. I was the first of my friends to get a video game system that wasn't a Pong clone, and one by one they got their own, but initially they were Atari VCS or Sears systems. We had an ongoing battle of which systems were superior, and of course I was the king the day my friends saw KC Munchkin, and again when they brought home their not-so-impressive Atari Pac-Man carts. We had bowling nights with Odyssey 2 bowling, and long marathons of UFO and Pickaxe Pete to top each other's high scores, and all of our minds were blown when I finally acquired the Quest for the Ring set, and later the Conquest of the World set. Truly serious out-of-the-box concepts. The voice with type and tell were great ways to illustrate just how futuristic this thing was, and none of my Atari and television ColecoVision friends could compete. Coleco Adam came close, but ultimately imploded on its own. Thanks for doing this. Well, thank you, John. Stuff like this, let me tell you, when you're sitting in a small room talking to yourself, it is... Either a sign of madness, well, no, there's no either to it. It is a sign of madness, let me tell you. Notes like this really make it worthwhile, so thank you very much. And I appreciate all the feedback I've gotten from everyone, you know, friends and strangers alike who have, you know, found the podcast through mentions on such podcasts as You Don't Know Flack or the Amigos podcast, which is 
Amiga based. My friend John is part of that one, and it's a it's a fun podcast. I only ever used an Amiga at work. He talks about games on the Amiga that I kind of wish I had been able to play at work because it would have been a lot more fun than what I was doing. Anyway, <laughs> to recap, the first installment of a select game, which was a month ago, as the cow flies, just a just to kind of run down what you missed in the first episode, if you did indeed miss it. My family acquired an Odyssey 2 from my Uncle James in a trade that saw my dad sacrifice a much-prized Arkansas Razorbacks liquor decanter, and then we had to drive into central Oklahoma with it to trade that for the Odyssey 2 and three games. And I also had to say, boomer sooner. If you grow up in Arkansas Razorback country, I'm not sure there is a... (laughs) I'm not sure there's a graver insult than that. <laughs> you have to drive into Oklahoma, then you have to stand in front of someone and say boomer sooner. We talked about the Pac-N game last last time. That was one of the three games that we got with the system from my uncle. And I forgot to mention something that was actually in my outline. I I outline my shows heavily, but I decided after several retakes, several unsatisfactory retakes for the first episode, that I was just going to sit in front of the TV, mic myself up, and play the games live. And that, by definition, means you don't have your outline in front of you. Well, I mean, I guess you could. I always put my outline on a tablet, and that's just, it's one more screen I've got to drag out, and It would be amazing if we could develop technology so that I could perhaps print my outline on a dead tree somewhere within sight of looking at the screen. Get on that, humanity. Get on it. That would make my life so much easier. Really, we already have that. I just didn't think to do it. Here's the note I forgot about CryptoLogic. The thing about CryptoLogic, the thing about all of the games on Speedway Spinout Cryptologic and that pack-in cartridge that comes with the Odyssey 2 when you bought it brand new in 78 or 79 was that those were all two-player games. They required two players or... Well, Speedway didn't. Speedway was a one-player game. I I should uh, back up. The thing I liked about Cryptologic, even if I didn't have another player to play with, was in the days before we had a home computer, I just liked typing stuff on a TV screen. So sometime around 1980, I, you know, I was the only kid on my block who could type in something and have it show up on the TV. And it's kind of funny because later on when I got into working in television, part of what I would do would be graphics for spots and newscasts and so on, weather cut-ins. Yeah, typing stuff on a screen, that has been in my skill set since 1980. And there's one other thing that uh, kind of goes with bringing a new game console into the house that you're obsessed with and you want to play. That's the logistics of it. Who rules the TV? Now, my family, we had one large color television in the... It was called the Den. I, I, I always thought of it as living room number two. The Den, that sort of went out with the 70s, kind of, <laughs> kind of like Pong and, and, according to some people, the Odyssey 2. So it was in the Den. We had this 31-inch color TV. The Odyssey 2 was hooked up to that. We did not have a VCR. We had very basic cable because that was the only kind of cable you had in Fort Smith, Arkansas at that point in time. 
However, there was a, a 12 or 13 inch black and white Sanyo TV that wound up in my room. And I think that may have been where the Pong, the Pong Sports 4 was for the longest time. Which is kind of a waste because one of the whole selling points of Pong Sports 4 was that it was Pong in color. It sounds like the intro to Police Squad, doesn't it? <laughs> Pong doesn't need to be in color. Just ask Ralph Bayer. And the funny thing about that Sanyo was that up in my bedroom on the second story of the house, with the antenna fully up, it could pick up OETA, which was the Oklahoma PBS network. It could pick it up crystal clear from my room. That, what, that didn't even show up on our cable, but apparently I was picking it up from, I don't know, Eufaula or someplace like that. And on Saturday nights, I distinctly remember this old black and white TV. I could watch, I could get my one-two punch of British sci-fi back when I was about you know, seven, eight, nine years old. Now it would have been it would have been probably nine years old on. Saturday nights OETA would show Doctor Who. They would show one half hour episode. The way God intended you to watch Doctor Who, by the way. And not as these ninety minute compilation movies that the Arkansas PBS network showed on Sunday mornings. Not that I didn't partake of those. So Saturday night, it was a half hour of Doctor Who followed by Space 1999, which my memories of watching it as a kid, I, I, I bought the complete DVD box set of Space 1999 many years later and rewatched the whole series. Actually, I was down in bed with the flu for a week and I binge watched Space 1999 and the second season of Lex. Lex is not exactly the smartest sci-fi show ever to appear on TV. But I found myself, you know, after any one episode of Space 1999, I would run to the intellectual cleansing power of Lex. <laughs> because even drugged up, I was sitting there going, no, this makes no sense. The Odyssey 2 lived on the, on the color TV in the den on the first floor of our house until about 1983 or 84, and then it went up to my bedroom on that black and white Sanyo where I would still play it. Around 1984, my older brother had been to college and had come back and then had gone off to college again. One of the things that he left when he came back was he left a 19-inch color Zenith TV, which went into the living room. And when we got an Atari 2600, I think around about the same time, that would be about the time that... That would be about the time the 2600 got attached to that TV. And here's the funny thing about that 19-inch Zenith. Uh, I, I am going to bring this all around so it connects to video games, trust me. I'm sure you're sitting there wondering, wait a minute, the first episode was about Odyssey 2, and now we're talking about Space 1999. It's the 70s, man. You've got to get in the 70s zeitgeist. Is that how you say that? Anyway. Bringing it back around before we start talking about games again, I still have that 19-inch Zenith TV. It is the only tube TV or monitor left in my house. And here's the funny thing. You have probably seen it too if you've been to the Oklahoma Video Game Expo, OVGE, which is held every year in Tulsa or Broken Arrow. Chances are you have seen that TV if you have been by my booth. If you've stopped by my booth, you have seen that TV, and you've probably played My Odyssey 2 on it. 
and you didn't even realize it. Anyway, that's the story of the TVs in the house, such as it is, you know, barely relevant to the discussion. On this episode of Select Game, we are going to talk about the two other games I picked up from my uncle. We got the game in a trade, and so you're really kind of, you know, beggars can't be choosers if games come with it. But the good news is, actually, these other two games were really awesome. And the funny thing is, they are in a genre that even today, I really don't mess with a whole lot. The games in question were baseball and computer golf. So you can kind of see where the, where this came from. The console was previously owned by an adult male. What were adult males into in the 70s? Sports. I don't think you were allowed to be into anything else in the 70s. Which is probably why my extremely nerdy tendencies starting out when I was about four and saw Star Wars, which just completely kicked my life into a different direction. It probably alarmed my parents. My older brother had been on the f- high school football team, etc., etc., and I think I was expected to go in the same direction. But no, I had my life completely rewritten by George Lucas and Toru Iwatani and all these guys at Magnavox. Thanks, guys. I I can't thank you enough. Let's crack open the cartridges. Let's play. Baseball does what it says on the box. Press 1 to play. And, and I will say this about the box in this case. This is, well, like, you know, like any other copy of this game, this is running up on 40 years old. The colors on mine, on my, on my box, have faded into these kind of pastel pinks and blues, and I... I wouldn't have it any other way. Let me check the inside of the box, keeping in mind what we ran into in the uh, in the first podcast with the high scores taped into the back of the little slot for the cartridge that's in the box. I uh, I feel obliged to check for any further such Easter eggs from my past and to see if I can beat them now. Baseball, unfortunately, is baseball. So there are no recorded high scores, no digital World Series from the past. All right, this is a two-player game, and I'm going to make a probably very lousy attempt to play it one player. So let me get my joystick set up. Right joystick starts the game as the batter. Left joystick starts as the pitcher. The red team is in the field. Blue is up to bat. The mechanics of the game, the look of the game, for starters, uh, ironically, is very much like computer golf. There is very little graphical difference between your baseball bat in this game and the golfer's club in computer golf. I I find myself wondering now, at this great distance looking back, I wonder why this isn't computer baseball. Why was it computer golf? Because I'm looking over at my shelf. Let me see... Computer Golf and Computer Intro, those were the only game titles that started with computer. So evidently, uh, that's a that was a marketing thing that got nipped in the bud at that first golf game. All right. Play ball. Uh, 
The neat thing about Odyssey 2 Baseball is that you have control of your fielders after you pitch. Oh, home run. Double. Amazeballs covered with awesome sauce. House delicacy. Alright. Well, let's try this again. I'm better at this than I thought. Oh, another home run. My, uh, my fielders really stink. I've got to talk to the person responsible. Okay. Three nothing. This is embarrassing. Oh, shortstop caught it. You have no control over the shortstop. He is a fixed position. The basemen are fixed positions. But once one of them has the ball, you can use the joystick and the action button on the on the fielder's joystick to basically you can throw it around. If you have people on base, you can screw with their heads. And uh, the baseball cartridge on the Odyssey 2 will let you try to steal a run. If the other player's on top of it, it will not end well for you. Oh, shortstop again. You can also try to get a man out before he gets to the base. But chances are your fielders won't be that fast. Men on first and second. Boom. Oh, out in the middle of nowhere. They steal a run. Oh. This game is embarrassing for the red team. Fielder was right in the right spot. All right, change sides. All change. Blues in the field. I have control of the fielders. Oh, out. That was fast. My mom and I used to play this endlessly. When I... When I say that it's surprising that no one was keeping track of the World Series, I am not kidding. We would play a World Series of this game over the course of a week, often. And that was about as interested as I ever got in the sport of baseball. Oh! I didn't mean to try to steal that one, but... Strike! And we would play. Well, thank you, shortstop. There's Ninny. Uh, we would play out a World Series, you know, a best, a best three or four out of five over the course of a week. Yeah, that was kind of our thing. Even later, once we got so many more games, and even later when so many of them were single-player games that I could play by myself and my mom could do other things, we still came back to this game. We still came back and played this a lot. And we would play the mind games, like trying to fake out, fake out the men on base, trying to steal bases, trying to do that sort of thing. And there was some epic, epic trash talk. So there you have it. Mother and son bonding over video baseball. A true story. And really one of my favorite video game memories of all time. Oh, another home run. Okay. 
Six to nothing in the second inning. I, this game is over already. What is going on? Strike. The pitcher can control the ball with the joystick once it is in flight. You can try to... It, and it kind of operates, it's kind of funny, it operates on the same principle as the English knob on the original Magnavox Odyssey, which was crazy because that game was so analog, so not digital, that there was no English on the ball unless you did that yourself in flight with this third knob. And you could have it doing almost curly cues on the way to the other player, which was absolutely ridiculous in terms of physics. But it made the original Odyssey, it, that made the game. Pitchers control of the ball in Odyssey 2 Baseball works on much the same principle. Maybe not quite as wild. You're a bit more limited in what you can do. You can also, and if you're not careful, you will wind up you'll wind up throwing a ball. And of course, four balls as a walk. Very accurate game, a very good baseball game, and it's it's very much like computer golf in that this is sort of my... Def if, if I have multiple players available to me, my choice is going to be Odyssey 2 Baseball, or it's going to be the baseball game, the two-player baseball game on Wii Sports. For single-player... Obviously, this game isn't a good choice because, it, again, it has no it has no enemy AI. You cannot play this game with one player unless you're doing what I was just doing, controlling both joysticks at once, which has resulted in this six-to-nothing lopsided game, which is okay for demo purposes. You've gotten to hear more or less what it's like. For single-player video baseball, my preference is really the original Game Boy baseball cartridge. But for old time's sake, it's always fun to come back to the Odyssey 2. So that was that was Odyssey 2 baseball for you there. Still a favorite. Still a favorite. I've got to get my uh, I've got to get my kids into playing that game because number one, I want to play with each of them, but I also want to see them play it with each other. I really, I, I can't tell you how much affection I have for the baseball cartridge, although it, it got me thinking of something. It got me wondering, is my affection for that game because it's a good game, or is it because of the memories attached to it? And this is something, especially with reviewers who focus in with laser-like intensity on older games, you really have to wonder, is that the criteria? What, you, what was the criteria? Is it because you really liked playing it with your big brother, or you liked playing it with your mom or your dad, and you had those fond memories of it? Or is it because it was actually a good game? I thought about this for quite a while before I started to record this episode, and I came to the realization that actually, no, it's both. The Odyssey 2 baseball game is awesome. It's so much better than Home Run on the 2600 and almost infinitely better than that sideways baseball game which barely even visually registers as baseball on the RCA Studio 2. I loved Odyssey 2 Baseball. That was an awesome game and I think that was why we played it so much because the replay value of it with the right player 2 trends toward infinity.
So anyway, we're back in from the dugout. We're done with baseball. And now it's time to hit the club. The golf club. So, a few words about computer golf while I sit down and play it here for the first time in many, many years. Although I eat... Oh! Well, we'll get right to the good stuff there, because I over, I overdid my drive there. Okay, the neat thing about computer golf that I, I really don't recall seeing in any other golf games is that if you hit a tree or a hazard in this game, which I just did second time in a row, my par is going to suck on this hole, your golfer, which is an oversized Odyssey human, yeah, I think if you uh, if you know th anything about the Odyssey 2, even more than the Intellivision, the Odyssey 2 was locked into a very fixed character set as a function of its graphics chip. Whatever par is for this hole, I am over it. I'm so over it. <laughs> All right, finally on the green. When you get to the green, after puttering around for a long time, as I just did, the, uh, the game zooms into the green, basically, and shows it as a large rectangle. Basically, you're, at this point, you're almost playing a very bad game of pool. Yay, a hole in seven. Now, what part did computer golf play in my house? It actually gave me and my dad something to bond over. My dad was always off playing golf when I was a kid. I sometimes wondered if that was his job rather than what he actually did. And he tried valiantly to get me interested in the game of golf because I think he was desperately trying to figure out something that we could bond over. However, you know, he had already he had already lost me to the tribe of geekdom by that point. And I will say this, I tried to play golf repeatedly and I stank at it. I sucked on toast at playing golf. So when we received as part of our as part of our Odyssey 2 package that we got from his brother and we got computer golf as part of that he was overjoyed because he thought maybe there was finally some middle ground and it, you know it's a decent little golf game this really was my favorite treatment of golf as a video game until we sports came along and still, to this day, my go-to golf video games, if indeed I am feeling the urge to play video golf of any kind, it's down to computer space and Wii Sports, and if I'm feeling a little bit adventurous, I will play Ninja Golf on the Atari 2600. That is a, a fine, twisted golf game that you should check out if you are a, not, a 20, not a 2600 game, it's a 7800 game. Sorry, I'm so into I'm so into what I'm playing that I'm forgetting what I'm saying. You hold down the action button for your backswing and watch helplessly as it sails into the trees. I wasn't trying to do that, but it's still funny. 
my dad used to get a huge charge out of the fact that the there he goes again the golfer in this game uh, basically loses it over driving the ball into a hazard okay I've just yeah I'm in the rough what the heck the rough for the purposes of this game is basically the the empty black space around the course that you're on, the hole that you're on. You have to carefully judge from the angle of your player and the angle of his golf club, which is... Oh, wrong. Which is wrong. Um, it's a bit tricky sometimes to judge where and how your player is going to swing. Once you get the hang of it though, there's really there's really no question. My dad liked this game enormously. I have to admit I do too. It is still one of my favorite video golf games to this day and still have a lot of memories attached to this one. So we're done playing computer golf. Those were the first two games that we got with the system that were not the pack-in cartridge that came included with it. And, you know, even though I was... Even though we picked up a console because at the arcade I was addicted to space games like Space Invaders and Phoenix, Galaxian, Mooncresta, and, and really hooked on more abstract concepts such as Pac-Man I could not have asked for two better games because if we had gotten two games with the system that were single player games or space games I would have been playing that by myself constantly and it would have been the relationship between me and the machine which there was plenty of time for that later let me tell you Because they were two-player games, because they were multiplayer games, and they forced you to find another person to sit down and play, that relationship got to be with my family. And not just them sitting around and rooting for me. It's actually playing with them, mainly with my mom. Which is kind of funny, because most people, you know, it's older brother or older sister. It's a sibling or it's dad. My, my player two was my mom. And she always made time for that. And I've always enjoyed playing video games with my son, um, with my older son. I'm sure my younger one will, uh, he'll either embrace it like his big brother did, or he'll be, yeah, screw this, I'm going to go outside and kick a ball. That's okay, too. That's, that's fine. My sons are kind of shaping up. To, <laughs> you know, you, you've heard the, there's a southern phrase that you pay for your raisin, which means that the way you were brought up and the way you acted when you were growing up. You pay for that because it comes back to haunt you. And so that is that is shaping up already because I kind of have this inverse. However, that being said, as great as these two games were, you, I, I really would recommend, if you don't have an Odyssey 2 and you're listening to this and thinking, hey, I've got to try this newfangled Odyssey 2 thing that all the kids are talking about, or that one weird kid with the podcast. Let me tell you this. You cannot do better for starter titles than baseball and computer golf if you have 
someone else to play them with. It's kind of awesome. But sports games weren't going to last me forever. I, I just wasn't that sports-minded like I noted. I became a nerd early in life. And increasingly, my parents were busy with work, social obligations, and so on. My older brother, like I mentioned, was off at college. And these still weren't anything like the games that were luring me into the arcade. Still, despite the fact that having a video game console in the house was supposed to have cured me of that. It really didn't turn out to be much of a miracle cure after all. So these were the last sports games that were bought for quite a while. I think we bought, in the days when my family when we were going out together as a family and picking up Odyssey 2 cartridges. I think we picked up one more sports game before the great video game crash emptied the store shelves of anything Odyssey 2 related. Everything else we were getting was either... It was a bit more fantastical, a bit less grounded in reality, a bit more like what I was playing at the arcade, and still a lot of fun. And we will talk about the first two games that we bought after bringing home the Odyssey 2 in the next show. That's all the time we have for the Select Game Podcast. You can hear Select Game on iTunes, Stitcher, and ThrowbackNetwork.net. And you can also subscribe through the RSS feed. You'll find the podcast itself and occasional goodies associated with it at www.thelogbook.com slash selectgame. If you really dig Select Game, also check out the 365-day-a-year Escape Pod Geek History Podcast at thelogbook.com. And donations toward the site's upkeep are always gladly accepted at PayPal, or via my Amazon wish lists. You can also support the podcast by buying select game t-shirts and other goodies at redbubble.com. Look under user the logbook. Phosphor.fossils, a comprehensive timeline of the golden era of video games, including the Odyssey 2, can be downloaded at thelogbook.com, which is also where you can find the books I've written about Doctor Who, Warp 1 and Warp 2. Feel free to drop me a line at the Facebook page for thelogbook.com, via Twitter at logbookguy, or email me at earl at thelogbook.com. Select Game Expanded Memories of the Odyssey 2 is a production of thelogbook.com and was written and produced by Earl Green. Music performed by Kasatochi, available for free download at thelogbook.com.